0: You're listening to The Lit Review, a podcast where organizers interview organizers about books. In this moment of urgency, mass political education is key. We recognize that political study is not always accessible for a variety of reasons. Our goal with The Lit Review is to be a resource that brings out key information from relevant books to the masses. Think Spark Notes in podcast form. I'm one of your hosts, Paige May, and thank you for listening to The Lit Review.
1: Review. My name is Bettina, and I'm here with Paige. Hey y'all, and we're about to talk to Dominique about Parable of the Sower and Parable of the Talents by Octavia Butler. So, Dom, would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Yes. Um. My name is Dominique. I am a black woman that was born and raised in Chicago. Um. I've lived in quite a few places in the u.s including southern california and dc where i was in dc for like six years and i also lived in london for about a year and a half or so um and kind of go back and forth sometimes between the two cities well between london and chicago um yes and i'm a member of osada's daughters along with Paige and patina mm-hmm. as well as woo-hoo, as well as um the people's response team um which patina and i are both on and the other host of The Lit Review, Monica. (laughs) We're all connected here. Um,
0: What's this book about?
2: Yeah, totally. Um, So Parable of the Sower, to give kind of an introduction, because it's two books that are part of the Earthseed series. Um, So the first book is called Parable of the Sower, and it basically is about this woman or she's a teenager actually when it starts um so she's this 15 year old girl who lives in southern california in a gated community um and the out like outside of their gated community it's understood to be very dangerous um food and other sorts of resources are very scarce um and so within the gated community they're like one of the lucky ones because they have they were middle class kind of before things started to completely crumble. Um, And so they have the resources that they had as middle-class people to hold them up right now. And so they, yeah, they live behind this kind of gated wall. Um, It's her and her neighbors and she lives with her large family. And basically they're just toiling away, like growing their own food. Um, Her stepmom creates a school inside their house. And so like, you know, where the little kids in the neighborhood in the gated community come there um, for education because all f- other forms of like pu- public education have been eradicated as a result of like lack of resources um, it's considered very dangerous overall so they're always under threat of theft or fire or any sort of like invasion of outside people trying to come in, break into their community to take over the resources um, and it's like also very privatized in terms of if there's a fire you have to hope that it, you can put it out yourself and Or at least maintain it so it doesn't get too big because to get the firefighters to come will be extremely expensive and so most people actually at this point can't afford firefighters or if there's a theft like or if somebody goes missing there's no point in getting the police involved because the police are just going to like try like they're going to charge you to do that service and then they're probably just going to take your money anyway um and not help you out and so that's giving a bit of the context and so she lives in this gated community and then sort of a two-thirds of the way through the book um, the gated community experienced like this large theft um, where loads of people from what they call the outside world um, kind of breaks into it and burns a lot of the houses kills all of her neighbors well like majority of her neighbors um, and so she happens to escape and we can go into detail later in terms of like how she's able to escape and what escape means for her But anyway she ends up escaping and then just walks north and so remember they're in southern california so she, her goal is just to head north um so that's like the premise and then like the book kind of ends with her along this journey heading north and then parable of the talent i don't remember the number of years between the two um but it's quite a few years and at this point um she set up a new community where like using all the resources that she learned like all the skills that she learned um in the first book in Again, we'll go into detail um, about those skills, but yeah. So she takes all these skills, takes this community of people that she's met along the way um, in her journey north, and then creates this community called Acorn. And Acorn, they're very, very self-sufficient. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things. Um, so they've they grow their own food. They uh, what's it called when you like make like breed animals.
0: It. They have, they raise animals. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. they raise
2: okay. animals. <laughs> um, like, for food purposes. Um, and then they've also created this, like, education system. Um, they have their own, like, they're using seed as their religion. And so then they have, like, their services according bring to their religion. They're just very, very self-sufficient. And they live in kind of this very wooded area. Um, and so that's how it's, it begins, where you're seeing how this community is kind of Struggling, but thriving, for sure. Like, they're surviving, they're doing well, considering everything else that could be happening and everything that's happening elsewhere and kind of around them. Um, but then, later in the book, you have this president who is called President Jarrett. Um, I can't remember his first name, but yeah, President Jarrett, who actually runs on um, the like campaign campaign slogan, Make America Great Again. Um, funny, funny, yes. Uh, given Trump, um, which, again, is, I think, very important to this time. But anyway, so his election uh, kind of inspires these, like, crusaders, and that's what they call themselves, is very similar to what we understand the KKK to be. Um, And so these crusaders kind of partway through the book end up raiding their community. And not only do they raid it, they put um, neck braces on all the people who end up surviving the raid and keep them as slaves um and so you have a lot of the book being centered around I guess you could say again Lauren's um attempts to survive this enslavement this kind of complete complete collapse of um her community and and then so keeps going keeps going kind of spoiler alert um she ended up she ends up making it out alive and then she ends up being like quite famous in terms of like the U.S. and then go, does a lot of speaking and kind of spreading the word of what actually of Earthsea but then also what actually happened to her um, while she was on Acorn and
0: like while she was enslaved. What are people's initial response when she first starts talking about her idea is like, what do people say? Like, how does she end up growing? Cause it sounds like it never gets to be a huge community for at least the first book.
2: Yeah, so in the very, very first book, um, people laugh at her and she's, so she starts telling her friends like, oh, we need to be preparing. Like we live in this gated community. We have this life. We love each other and we, th- we feel safe and we're relatively safe compared to a lot of other people who are on the outside. However, Change is inevitable, and we need to be parent. We need to prepare for that change, and that means that we need to be, you know, doing all these survival skills. Um, and she's telling her friend, and her friend just laughs at her. Um, and then her friend again. Remember that they're fifteen, so they're quite young. You know, like actually. Um, and so her friend actually tells the friend tells her mom, and then the mom tells the dad and then the dad tells Lauren's dad and then Lauren ends up getting in trouble for like telling her friend like sharing her feelings to her friend um and so I think that's a very clear example because it also marks like this is her best friend in the world in their little gated community like this person who she's grown up with her entire life you tell your it's not I guess when we when I read it and maybe other people read it it doesn't seem like this big dark secret just like oh, man, shit's about to get worse. Mm-hmm. But, like, just by the act of saying that becomes a risk for Lauren, because then she ends up getting in trouble, mm-hmm. um, and her dad and lots of other people kind of just brush her off as this, like, paranoid child, right? Um, and she's just like, no, I, f-, like, it's not even, oh, I know what's coming, it's just something got to give, but it's going to get worse before it gets better. And everyone's just like, no, we need that just, like, wait it out, wait it out, we'll just stay in our community, we don't need to prepare, um, and she, yeah, I think that's a, without going on too much of a tangent, but Mm -hmm. it talks also a lot about denial, um, denial of not only the, like, her friend and other young people, but the adults around her, where Mm -hmm. they just, like, didn't want to accept that what they had could change, because what they had was already extremely difficult, and it was just, like, the idea that this could get worse Mm -hmm. was just, like, unfathomable and just like too heavy to kind of take
1: um so there's almost like a lack of imagination even though when octavia butler describes her community that community that she lives in at the beginning of the books Mm -hmm. it's a gated community for a reason right like Mm -hmm. the outside is completely lawless and Mm -hmm. like i think her dad has to go to work yeah and it's always terrifying when her dad goes to work right and one day her dad never comes back
2: right and they
1: never find out like what happened yeah you just
2: don't find out yeah
1: and so, like that's the world that they're living in, yeah. And it's really interesting because when was Sower? When was that book published? Nineteen ninety three. Nineteen ninety three. So there mm-hmm. were like riots that, happened, like the nineteen ninety two rebellion, mm-hmm. um, or uprising, and there was just like this whole idea of like social collapse, right. mm-hmm. And how that has it's like almost like an extension of like the present. Mm-hmm. Um. So I kind of wanna know. Okay. So there's like a complete lack of imagination except for Lauren, and. She just has this feeling that shit's going to go down. Like, what does she actually do? Like, what does she read? What does she prepare? Yeah. Does she have, like, a freaking getaway bag? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is she, what is she doing? What does she?
2: Yeah, okay. So this is, like, my favorite aspect of the book. Um, she does so much to prepare. Not only does she grab resources in terms of... So she has this, what she calls, um, a grab-and-run pack. Um, And I'll just, like, read a bit of an excerpt from it. Um, So she's trying to convince other people. Remember, I told you, So like, her whole goal. So she's telling um, her friend, like, you need to have your own bag. This is what I'm doing. And so she says, I think we should make emergency packs, grab-and-run packs, in case we have to get out of here in a hurry. Money, food, clothing, matches, a blanket. I think we should fix places outside where we can meet in case we get separated. And so then... As it goes on, she lists some other kind of very practical things that should be in the grab-and-run bag. Um, another thing that she's doing is reading loads of books. So one of the books she's reading is about local, native, and naturalized plants. And so remember, she lives in Southern California, so it's a book specifically about like plants that are local to California, how they grow, what seasons they thrive in, um, how to make them grow, and stuff like that. Um, so that's another big thing, also martial arts. Um, she gets one of the other uh, members in the community to run community like martial arts classes. Um, this was after lots of convincing, but um, so she's like learning martial arts. Basically everybody in the community from the age of 15 um, learns how to handle a gun and how to shoot. And they go out on, like they go to the outside world um, and practice shooting and so that's another big thing like having access to a gun from a year from an early age learning how to use that gun how to clean it how to maintain it and then also how to shoot with it um so those are some of the biggest things uh in terms of like her survival pack yeah and then also there's like she has the um what she calls like a basic living book so it's a book about like learning how to build log cabins, learning, oh, livestock raising, that's the word I was thinking. um learning how to raise livestock, plant cultivation, how to make soap, just her whole point is to be able to survive, and that means be able to be self-sustaining using, like, very, very natural resources, um, and, like, how to handle medical emergencies, things like that, like, what's life like in the wilderness? Um, so those are the things.
1: So can I ask you, you just picked up another... <laughs> Nerd! Another thing. <laughs> That's, that's not the book. That's not the book. That's the thing
0: that we're looking at. That's amazing. Can you explain to us what that is? It's a mock-up or something.
2: Yes, yes. <laughs> um. So I, if you ever talk to me in person, I talk about this book, Parable of the Sower, all the time. Yeah, it is exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like sick of me talking about it. I'm sorry. I'm not actually sorry. Not sorry. Um. Anyway, so I was just like really inspired. Um. To make a zine which I titled The Book of the Living, and I titled it that because the, like, book that Lauren makes is called Earthseed, The Books of the Living. Um, so basically, this scene, The Book of the Living, is a survival guide, uh, according to Lauren Oya Olamina. Um, so I've gone through, I reread the book, and I took notes based on, and all my notes were basically like, what does she have in her grab-and-go pack, The you know, the quote that I was just reading, and then what survival skills... Did she learn? Um, and also, uh, like once she's out in that, like out in the world, what are the things that she wishes she had? And so there are quite a few times where you have an instance, and she's like, "Oh man, I wish I grabbed more of this," or "Oh man, I, ha- I wish I had like a sleeping bag, um, or like a sleeper pack is what they call them." And so I took, like I just made note of all of that, and then turned it into a zine that can be shared with people. So that when shit hits the fan for us, we just have, you know, you grab this book and you grab your to-go bag and you just head out, right? Um, kind of being silly, but I think it's a good idea of, like, things that you might need if you need to survive without all your normal amenities that you're used to.
0: And for me, I think two things are coming up as you're talking about this. One is, like, it seems important to note that... Okay, well, I, I want to ask more about, like, the, the nature of social collapse, mm-hmm. uh, But but before we get to that, like... So it's, I think it's important to note that she is a middle class, you know, black woman mm-hmm. or black girl in in Southern California. Yes. We are in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And in this book, it's re- reached a point where there's like, they name it as sort of two worlds, right? There's mm-hmm. the inside and the outside mm-hmm. world. And like, this is, my understanding, she's not, she's is she, is she pulling any people from the outside world? Like, what, what are the limits of her survival? or like how could they have been improved if she had access to the outside or things like that right Um, to what extent is this informed by her class Mm -hmm. status and Mm -hmm. the place that she is from Mm -hmm. and, and what does that mean for us in Chicago
2: yeah so right so she is middle class so and she's never lived on the outside so the outside is just like this eerie thing that she hears about she has to venture outside when she goes to her shooting classes so she does get a glimpse in terms of like not what life is like, but the kind of the remnants, um, and, like, this visual interpretation of what life is like, um, and, again, she only goes outside when they go on the, like, to go shooting, like, the gun pr- and shooting practice, um, they're only going to, to, during the daytime, and it's represented as if the daytime is, like, mm-hmm. the safe time, and everything just hits the fan kind of at night, um, all her knowledge comes from books, and so everything is kind of, it's quite hypo- hypothetical, um, In terms of growing stuff, that's very practiced because she practices that within her gated community. But in terms of like building a log cabin, that's something that she hasn't actually had to do. Um, She has this, like her family lives in the house that they used to live in. Um, So she could do basic like mending of a wall or something or a roof, but she doesn't know how to build something from scratch. What ends up happening is that when shit hits the fan and she's outside, she ends up connecting with one of the other community members. And this community member... Her name is Zara, and actually before she was a member of the community, she was homeless with her mom living mm-hmm. on the street. And mm-hmm. so it ends up being that sh- they rely on each other mm-hmm. very heavily because Zara, she sh- there's a comment where she's like, oh wow, Zara, you know way more than I could ever know because mm-hmm. you actually had to live on the outside. Mm-hmm. And so you know how to connect with other people and like mm-hmm. what the limits are. You know, again, she says, you know how to steal because you've had to do this to survive. And so you know how to, like, just grab and go, like, um, when necessary, but also just, like, very practical things that might not come up in terms of, like, where to hide out, like, so if you're sleeping outside, you need to find a place that's kind of covered, you don't just sleep just right on the street, right, um, in terms of, like, the the way that they create or present this idea of it, the outside is so dangerous, right, and so Zara knows how to navigate some of the more, um, social aspects of living on the outside, whereas, uh, Lauren is so prepared, so she has, like, a bag of resources, and so together, they make a very great pair, because Zara knows how to really use her resources, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but Lauren, like, actually has them, right, um, again, because of class, and so her family, like, had a bit more money, um, a bit of background, like, Zara's was, like, the third hus- like, third wife to this, very controlling abusive guy and so they didn't actually know each other and so they just rely on each other um Mm -hmm. once they are forced to be outside
0: together has very interesting political consequences like that Mm -hmm. that notion right of like the demand the the it's it's a very black feminist sort Mm -hmm. of Mm uh articulation of like knowledge and where knowledge comes from comes Mm -hmm. from and what forms it takes Mm -hmm. as well as that just sort of like who the the need to connect resources and acknowledge the the expertise Mm -hmm. of of poor people, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. And you, if you don't have those things, you're not going yeah. to survive, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh. And 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 placing. I like that she's not that she's middle class. I think that's honest. Mm-hmm. But that it's not. She's not depending on the elites. Right. right? Yeah. And that there's a kind of like we. The, the the way that she's able to understand global scarcity and like position herself in that's like I can get prepared. I can do this, right? And mm-hmm. I can learn what I can, but I need other people, yeah. but I don't need millionaires. Right. And that's really right. interesting.
2: And in the book they do make a very clear distinction between like wealthier people who have like more intense security and so they're able to like describe kind of super wealthy people who have guard dogs and she's mm-hmm. like yeah we can not afford to we could barely afford to feed ourselves so mm-hmm. there's no way that we can afford to like feed a dog mm-hmm. um also they have more weaponry trucks so if they for like wealthy people if they do have to go outside they're traveling in like the equivalent of like hummers or kind of tanks and that type of thing right and so there is this kind of gap so you do recognize her as like she was middle class they are they would still be considered middle class but in this like new context Mm -hmm. where they still don't have many resources and they're still very poor um but then there's also all these people who live outside who are homeless who don't have access to any sort of resources um and it's kind of described in the book as it becomes just very dangerous because people are always on edge people like theft is just quite rampant um you also see a lot of like dead people just outside and they say like um People, you'll just get somebody will just kill you to take your sleeping bag, or kill you because you have a you know some sort of bag of food or something.
1: And so I guess what was the um, the end point of like gathering people
2: <laughs> and walking?
1: Like I guess what happens in talents? Like what? Oh, oh, happen? sorry, yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, and so basically, Lauren ends up walking with this big crowd, um, <laughs> and they end up the old guy who I mentioned, Ben Coley. Um, he is walking toward like his sister and her her husband and their kids he is trying to walk to the house that they have because for him that's safety and so lauren and this group ends up walking kind of with him and then they get to this land um it's like and the sister is is not to be found the husband is not to be found but then they end up finding like body parts and kind of bones um Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and so it's assumed that that is the family that the family has died and so they're like well, this world is so dangerous, this, like, most people who were traveling with them didn't know that they were going to that plot of land, they were just kind of following Lauren north and they're like, we trust Lauren, we'll go wherever she goes. And then Lauren suggested, oh, well, what if we build our community here? So they build, they, you know, there's a structure for a house. Um, it's lots of land around They're quite iso- It's like a isolated house, um, surrounded by woods. And I guess I imagine, like, trees further in the distance and then, like, immediately around lots of grass and, like, a large house. Um, And so all the people that Lauren has kind of gathered on her walk north, they all stay at this house and they build this community called Acorn. Um, And so, yeah, like I said, kind of at the beginning, the community becomes very self-sustaining where they're um, growing their own food, raising their own livestock. They make all their clothes, you know, like, by hand. Um, They create their own kind of school system. Um, to raise like to kind of educate all the young people but it's not just the young people because at this point education has been kind of eradicated for a year like public education has not existed for years and years so there's plenty of like 20 25, 30 year olds who don't know how to read as a result of the um, eradicated mm-hmm. education system um, and so they just become very self-sustaining they're able to like grow have families like people are um, having kids and creating relationships and stuff like that so you do see the community grow um over the course of a few years So
1: and they keep taking in people right
2: yeah so yeah. yeah like if somebody ends up passing by or you know if they interact with somebody while they're like on one of their excursions further out then they will yeah like invite people to come in and mm-hmm. so that's one of the big things it's, they're not they don't try to be like they're secluded but only for the Purpose of like safety. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh, you can't be with us, we're exclusive. It's definitely not like that.
0: And reminds all, with, oh, god ahead. So it reminds me of like uh, Maroons and like the Black Free communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah
2: it's, exactly, yeah, it's exactly like that.
0: And all
1: the while, she's talking about Earthseed. She's mm-hmm. trying to get these people to learn how to read. And right, like, that's a part of the thing of like, if you join our community, we're going to teach you how to read and give you yeah. all these resources.
2: Yeah.
1: And you can learn about Earthseed and join us. Yeah. Um, it's
2: kind of like you have to participate in the community so you can't just come and like uh, Mm -hmm. take the resources you have to also give back so what skill do you have and if you don't have any skills you need to just learn something Mm -hmm. so that you can like it's a give and take kind of engagement with the the community so everybody is doing something and taking something
1: so it almost sounds like she recreated the community that she came from but from less like it's not surrounded by other people
2: Yes and no because I would say it's no in terms of like they were intentionally together whereas the community they had just lived in this gated community and then shit hit the fan and then they were all just already stuck together because those are the people that they knew Mm -hmm. um and I lived in Southern California for a bit and the area I lived in was like one of these weird things where you like big like main road and then you turn off and you go and then all you see is like a wall surrounding, and then you have to go around the wall before you see the actual houses. Mm. And so for me, reading this book, I was like, "Oh man, that's Irvine!" Like I could totally see this, like connecting this to Irvine, which is in Southern California, about an hour, um, like south, I don't know, an hour away from LA. Um, so you could kind of see this playing out. So it's very different where here they're they know that shit can hit the fan because for most of them it's already happened and Mm -hmm. so they're very much more like we need to prepare okay um like we need to survive but we also know that it can get worse we are not um kind of complacent in where we are now we recognize that this this could be temporary like we hope it's not but it could be and so we're constantly preparing whereas in the community that she grew up in it was very different it was like We just need to wait it out Mm -hmm. um and hopefully nothing will get worse but we're not really preparing for worse to happen Mm -hmm. um so i think those are two big kind of distinctions also she mentioned in the community that she grew up in that there were a number of people who didn't actually help out like there is you know like zara's husband was really anti-community um and so he never participated in the like they would do um what's it called when you're on watch for the night, right? He would never participate in that. Mm -hmm. Whereas in this new community, when she builds eight, like when she supports where they create Acorn, every adult has to do a watch. And that's just like, if you're gonna be an Acorn, you're gonna give to the community or else you have to go. Mm -hmm. Um, And before you're even asked to be part of this community, before you're like allowed into that inner circle, we have like read your personality. And so assume that you will do that, Mm -hmm. right? So it's very different than the community that she comes from. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: So, okay, so she made all of these modifications. She has a bunch of like-minded folks that know to prep, um, mm-hmm. and they're down for the prepping. <laughs> yeah. And so what happens to this community?
2: Yeah, so this community ends up getting, I guess, raided, um, is one, word to, one way to put it, um, by these crusaders. So at the beginning of the book, I men- or at the beginning of this episode, as of was talking, I mentioned that... President Jarrett, who runs under the Make America Great Again campaign, wins the presidential election. Um, and there's all these people who kind of become reminiscent of the KKK, although they wear all black in there. If I remember correctly, um, they wear these like black robes and then the robe has a big red cross on it because they're supposed to represent like Christian America. Um, and so they're like crusaders a question america or something like that i can't remember um what they actually the full name of what they call themselves but they basically come in with loads of guns and loads of people and raid acorn which is like absolutely ridiculous um so they raid acorn and they use the way one of the ways that they do is they like they throw these what well, we might understand it's not it's like uh, where it creates grenade. it's not a grenade but it's like creates no, the, a cocktail it creates a scent like a kind of oh the peppery spray, yeah, 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 peppery. but they throw it. <laughs> like they throw it. Um, and so, for example, like Bancoli ends up having a heart attack because this um, chemical, like, you can overreact to the chemical, um, although technically the chemical is like not dangerous, you know, mm-hmm. using quotes, whatever. Um, but then, yeah, you could overreact to it in terms of like becoming too fretful or something. Um, and so, like, they attack this community because they know it seems like the way it's kind of phrased or the way that I understood it was that they had been watching them or knew that they existed there. Um and so came prepared. They knew that they would not go out quietly or and that you had to hit them with an attack because they always like I said they had watched Like people always, even during the daytime, always on watch. You had multiple people on watch. Um they had lots of weapons of their own that they bought um in nearby towns and stuff like that. So when the fact that the Crusades were able to successfully raid them and like completely take over meant a lot, meant that they came prepared for that task.
0: So what's the relationship between the Crusades and the state? Right, so... Sorry to interrupt. I'm just no, it's fine. Um,
2: so President Jared and other official, like, representatives of the government claim that the Crusades Crusaders are acting on their own. Mm-hmm. Although we, like, kind of, you know, throughout the book you get glimpses that they're fully aware that there is this, like racist kind of classes sexist attack um that the crusades are leading kind of um like low-key supported by the government but it's just like oh we're gonna pretend like we're not connected And if i just say oh this is not supported by president Jared or uh christian america you know like technically christian america there was it could pass um and i think you know in the same way that like mm-hmm. Donald Trump says, oh, I don't support the racist attack, right? Or, like, whatever, however you phrase it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. right, yeah. You know, like, fans of flames and doesn't actually demean it or call it out. It's just like, oh, I'm I'm not a part of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's very much the same in terms of, like, how it's described. So we know that they're working, like, from the story, we know that they're working in connection with the state and to, like, maintain, like, like, this extreme version of the police. But the mainstream media like kind of represents it as oh they're just these other people that are just like extreme like super far-right christian extremists um they're not co- connected to J- jared at all and jared right is the president the- but
1: just like the kkk those people the members of the crusaders are probably police right yeah. <laughs> members
2: of government stuff yeah. like
1: that okay so the crusaders raid um acorn after they raid dubtree or whatever um, like, they're just going around raiding people that they don't like. Right. And the particular reason why they raid ACORN is because it's people of color, but also they're not Christians. Right.
2: They very openly practice the Earthseed religion. They never make any attempt to hide it. Um, and Earthseed is just, like, not Christianity at mm. all. Um, there's no belief in, like, a higher power um, other than the higher power is change. Um, but there's not this like, oh, I have to have faith in you. It's just like change is inevitable, and so I need to adapt to change. Right? I need to know that like, that's gonna happen. I need to just respect that.
1: Mm-hmm. And then there's all this like cross speak or just incorrect, like, the whole we're Christian America, but and there's all these crusaders, but they're actually not a part of us, but they really are. Yeah. Like there's all of this like double speak
0: yeah. that's happening, mm-hmm.
1: and so what happens to Acorn afterwards. Could you explain that and like what happens?
2: Yeah, so a the people of Acorn um are be end up becoming enslaved by these crusaders who raid them. Um and one of the main ways that they do that is that they put these kind of uh what's it called like a neck brace um around them and it's this like advanced uh kind of neck brace where it's controlled by a, like remote control. Um, so the people who are the crusaders or masters in this case can control either an individual neck brace or multiple neck braces at once. Um, and so if you see somebody not working hard enough, you just all of a sudden, like the book kind of, Lauren describes it like, oh, they just started convulsing. Um, and that's because the person with the remote control would just press a button um, and it will send a shock through that person's body. Um, And it's extremely painful and like you kind of come to understand that from the story. Um, And so that's how they're controlling. So you don't actually have to sit there and watch you. I don't have to put any effort of like, you know, we understand like kind of slavery back in the day as like, take a whip. And that's how I'm actively beating you. And so but it takes energy out of me. So you often hear stories of like masters making the overseers do it or another slave do it because they're Mm -hmm. too above that. It's like, nope, this you just press a button. It's no effort whatsoever. And so that is how they are able to control because it's like even if you try to disconnect the neck brace, like it recognizes that you're trying to disconnect it, and then sends a shock. So it's actually painful to Mm -hmm. do to even try to resist it in any way. Um, And there's rampant rape. I should also say, like that's what the people who are taking over um, do very violently. Um, And so one of the things that Lauren aims to do is try to get she re- recognized like we just need that control if we could take the control and like the con- like remote control so that we could like disarm it and get us all like let us all take it off then we have a chance of resisting but as long as we are contained within this neck brace we can't do anything because if they have the remote control like it'll all automatically you know, we just physically can't resist also if like you went further than a certain boundary like it would
1: and then they called these towns, like, work towns. Right. And, they called, no. and then there's, like, this whole obscuring of, like, re, you know, re-emergence of slavery as, like, workers or right. prisoners. Right. Or, right.
2: And yeah. you hear, you first actually hear about these work towns in Parable of the Sower, where um, it becomes very popular because access to resources is so low and, like, also access to jobs is just, like, very, very low. Um, so you hear, like... Oh, these companies are creating these work towns and you can come there and lots of jobs, safety, like in turn, like in return for your work, like you make wages, blah, 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 right? But what ends up, but you don't know the details, it's just kind of speculated at that point. And a lot of people who live in the community that um, Lauren grew up in end up leaving the community before they were it was rated like they leave like months mm-hmm. before it was rated and they leave to go to one of these worker towns because they're like there's more opportunity for us there because at least we can have a job we can there- and like therefore by having a job we have wages and we can buy our own food. Um, so it sets the premise and I think it's like 2024 2025 where this is happening um, begins in 2024. Um, so it sets the premise for, like, these worker towns are supporting people, right? This is how we overcome the shit situation that we're in. Just go to a worker town. These corporations will support you, and then they'll protect you because they have access to so many resources, like big tanks and guns and stuff. And so you would be protected, and all you have to do is work and make money, and then you could buy your own food and support your family, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of phrased like that. Um, and in so, or she doesn't know what it's like. And then she finds out later because she's hearing glimpses like from her traveling up north and then whenever they would have to like, go out into town, that it's actually not like, oh, you're working and then you just give the money, you know, like, you just buy your food, and you live your normal life. And it just happens that you work in this town that's mostly run by this corporation. What's really happening is that it's becoming like, he becomes so indebted to the corporation um, because they make you like they pay for the house, right? And mm-hmm. then they make you um, pay for all the food, but they're not giving you high enough wages. And then a lot of corporations, when they have these towns, what they would do is, you can only use company script mm-hmm. to pay for the resources. So they're not paying you enough, and then they're overcharging you for all the things. So then you become so indebted, um, then you can't escape, right? Um, Which hap-
0: that's like a, like, that's, Ford not, that. like that's yeah. not like a, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Right, exactly. but this is like the, the modern version, right? Where right. it's like, there's a remote control involved. Right, 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 like, right. exactly. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's, like, this is not like i think sometimes sci-fi and fantasy get dismissed as mm-hmm. because they seems too open to people yeah. but mm-hmm. which is like weird yeah. uh and maybe it could be true but this is like a clearly hi- like historically um motivated and researched yeah. and informed yeah. book right Where the, yeah, and, and that is very so. very real Yeah.
2: Okay. So. um right and so i, I forgot what I
0: was, saying. So I was and thinking. then just like the whole the whole technology
1: <laughs> thing right yeah. like there's so, oh, new technology—it's gonna help everybody. But you right. can see oh, how yeah. the shit, like the poli- the politics, right? Just yeah. keep coming back unless yeah. you do something about it. Yeah. And the only thing that technology does, if you don't like control it, mm-hmm. is that it just reproduces the same inequities. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. And so,
2: like the media is very complicit, but you don't find out till kind of later again, um, because Lauren is hype. Like Lauren is a very, very much aware because she's intuitive and just she acknowledges what she sees and she doesn't she's not not totally living in denial but when she like once she escapes from you know they are able to uh disable the neck braces and they escape and they like kill all the crusaders who were still alive like kind of who had raided them um she gets out and then she's finding like she's there ends up being a point later in the story where she's like talking to people and she's like going on this tour basically um, there's like speaking to her where she's talking to people about her experiences and people are like no you're lying like it was just a work or like you must have done something like, there's no way that people would just raid your community and then put these neck braces on you and take all your resources and then rape you and do whatever they want with you like there's just no way like the media said and it's like and so I think we see very clear um examples of that in terms of like how media is used by people in power by governments etc to manipulate what um majority of a populace might know about something um you see that even now like lots of propaganda in terms yeah. of what we're talking about like under Trump the and stuff like cops would
0: never that. do that they right. would never take a kid and drop them off in right. all the exactly. territory exactly. and try like, to them so, yeah, so. Why would, like that makes yeah. no
2: sense like I didn't hear about that on the news and it's like well what is the news telling <laughs> like, yeah. you? Know, right. um
1: or how the reports keep coming out every 20 years, 40 years. And it's the yeah. same shit. Same. But yeah. people yeah. still yeah. can't imagine
0: it. Your government just it, confirmed yeah. it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Imagine yeah. it now. Yeah. Yeah. And For even them. the way that
2: we talk about prisons today, right? Mm-hmm. like, oh, you must be in prison because you did something wrong, right. not because you were just picked up. or like, And the don't they say that? Dead.
0: Don't they say you must have been a prisoner? Like you must have committed a crime? Yeah, you must have done something. Yeah. And
2: so you got arrested, and this was just you being in prison. But then if you think about like, the prison system in the U.S. and then like the Thirteenth Amendment and like slavery and yeah. for, <laughs> um, like as a result for a crime, you know, punishment for a crime, then it makes sense that people would kind of dismiss it because people are dismissing this type of shit already happening, right? Mm-hmm. And like, um, in different in, like interpretations or different ways,
0: all of this that we just had this really long conversation, right? And we kept referring to like you know shit hits the fan, and then yeah. right, and all of this is like based off of shit has hit the fan. But that—that's like a very specific, like you. There's a, I think, as much of a moral into how shit hit the fan mm-hmm. for Mercy. Can you talk about what led to these conditions? Yeah.
2: So the book begins in 2024, but at that point we can also already understand that um, the world has very like has drastically changed prior to 2024. So it's we're kind of getting into the middle of this change. Um, and so one of the big things is. Like, this, we understand climate change, although Octavia Butler doesn't, in the story, doesn't really explicitly talk about or reference climate change. But she speaks about... Um, she talks about the pox. Oh, right, yeah. But she also speaks about, like, for example, um, food prices rise. So mm-hmm. because of climate change, it's harder to grow the food that we were currently growing. And so then food, that leads to the... So, like, crops aren't really growing. Then, therefore, the crops that are going. Grow, that are growing are like charge ridiculous prices and then people can't afford it and so people are starving and then people migrate right so we see this like that's why migration is massive food scarcity is massive everything becomes privatized and so that's how we understand this world um and it becomes very dangerous as a result of all those things um then i'm just going to read this kind of um excerpt um what year is this this is 2032 i have read That the period of upheaval that journalists have begun to refer to as, in quotes, the apocalypse, or more commonly, more bitterly, the pox, lasted from 2015 through 2030, a decade and a half of chaos. This is untrue. The pox has been a much longer torment. It began well before 2015, perhaps even before the turn of the millennium. It has not ended. Again, 2032. I have also read that the pox was caused by accidentally coinciding. climatic, economic, and sociological crisis. It would be more honest to say that the pox was caused by our own refusal to deal with obvious problems in those areas. We caused the problems. Then we sat and watched as they grew into crises. I have heard people deny this, but I was born in 1970. I have seen enough to know that it is true. I have watched education become more a privilege of the rich than the basic necessity that it must be. If civilized society is to survive, I have watched as convenience, profit, and inertia excuse greater and more dangerous environmental degradation. I have watched poverty, hunger, and disease become inevitable for more and more people. Overall, the pox has had the effect of an installment. In- Overall, the pox has had the effect of an installment plan. World War Three.
0: We're not exactly sure when this one, this podcast, you'll be hearing this. However, mm-hmm. we are recording this um, on MLK weekend, and there's a, uh, you know, uh, this this effort to reclaim MLK, and within that though, there, there's still this predominance of that quote of. Um, I forget the exact words, but it's something to the effect of the arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Mm-hmm. And I'm obsessed with a lot of things that <laughs> challenge that. Rogue One ton the quotes. Um, and, but but can Earthseed I think offers something different. Um, and and as someone who who can be kind of hesitant towards thinking through the importance of theology and spirituality, there is a fundamental truth or not truth. Earthseed is important because of how it relates to that MLK quote, and I'm hoping you can kind of yeah. talk about that. Like, what it what is it saying about change, as yeah. opposed to what people like MLK are suggesting about change?
2: Yeah. So, Earthseed is basically arguing that, or, like, the religion is based on this idea that God is change. So, there is no, like, higher being that will protect you. Um, I'm going to reread the opening statements of the book, which is also the main kind of, Mm-hmm. premise of the entire earth religion um all that you touch you change so you're having an effect an impact on it all that you change changes changes you so the fact that you're changing it is also changing who you are um the only lasting truth is change god is change and i think the fact that she focuses so heavily on this idea of change and especially understanding how minuscule the changes that were happening were right um but then it's very like her whole point was surviving and be she recognized that change was going to happen and then she forced a different change right so by learning these skills that means that she was able to change the outcome of her life because she was able to survive mm-hmm. um by building community with the people they are able to like protect their by through this community um they're able to protect each other and to rely on each other and so it's just like it's very different than oh we're, like justice will happen you know we just gotta wait for the right moment justice Will reach us at some point, or oh, we just need to have faith in God. Um,
0: love because, Trump's hope,
2: right? <laughs> yes, right. Like oh, if we just have love, we don't really have to do much. We just feel love. I feel love for white people, or I feel love for the people that voted for Trump, and then battle went over, and Earthseed, um, very much is like no. Like, you can go ahead and believe that, but that's not actually what's going to happen. Like, you have to recognize that if you want a different outcome, you have to actively work toward that outcome. And that, out, like, working toward it is going to be slow. It's going to be difficult. You're going to feel isolated. You're going to feel, like, strange, weird. You're going to feel, like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just completely misinterpreted everything. You're going to feel like that, but it's okay. Like, Mm. change is inevitable, and you just have to be prepared for the fact that change is going to come.
0: Can I read a quote that... Well, I guess I want to mm-hmm. make sure that this is distilled, right? That it's, like, change is inevitable, but not a positive change. Right, right, right. right? That it's, like, yeah. not inevitable that things right. will get better or that things will right. move towards what we do understand to be progress or justice. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. thanks yeah.
2: for clarifying. It's, like, change is inevitable, but, like, that change could be absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because people are – you're not the only person, right? So I, I may want a life where, like, black people have self-determination we are able to live however you want and just do whatever you want to do, right? But there are other people that are, like – add like impacting the world by their actions and so their cha- like change is not necessarily oh great right change could be we could do something and it has a horrible horrible effect even if you your intention was that it would be great right you don't know that for sure yeah.
0: and i don't know i didn't ever ask this but like along the way does she ever have to do anything that she regrets or she, she doesn't have to she do has it, to right? kill people mm-hmm. yeah so like again like there isn't this kind of like purity to how things change no. there isn't like, this kind of, like 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 you she makes mistakes. I'm trying to not make failures. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not, yeah. she like mistakes are you learn from your mistakes yeah. like um, sometimes the mistakes have to be made in order yeah. to, to have the change that's necessary yeah. to do the next change. And right? sometimes like, it's there's there's this yeah, yeah, yeah. zigzag yeah. of yeah. it's not an arc that's yeah. bending towards anything unless you are like insistent on it. Yeah. Um and it and there isn't like a one side of the arc is good and one side is yeah. bad. It's yeah. it's it's just it's, change. Right. It's, just it's just everything different. is changing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And survival is vital. How do you want
0: to end? Like, what's the yeah. the last awesome. question?
2: I'm so excited to read this quote.
0: So, <laughs> um, Saturday night, y'all. <laughs> Sunday night. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait. It was a long weekend. Oh shoot! I was all of yesterday watching Star Wars. Okay, wasted is the wrong one. <laughs> um,
2: so this quote, I think, kind of fully gives context to both her idea of surviving and why she made a grab-and-go pack and why she taught herself all of this because a lot of people, you know, as I mentioned before, a lot of people are just like, why are you doing this? We're fine. You just got to wait it out. We'll be okay. And she's like, "Nah, things are going to get worse. But I think this quote for me means a lot um, and helps me understand that, like, there's no way I'm going to know everything, Um, that that's impossible. And so I need to learn what I can. So she says... I need mean to learn everything I can while I can. If I find myself outside, maybe what I've learned will help me live long enough to learn more. Mm-hmm. And, that's and that's just another one to keep reading. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep reading. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's-
0: To this episode of the Lit Review. I'm one of your hosts, Paige May. Tune in next week to hear Jason Perez discuss Political Process and the Development of Black Insurgency by Doug McAdam. Till then, keep reading.